Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, here's your host, Good Paul day, Lawrence Wealth Bain. Academy podcast listeners, subscribers, and for people who are going to listen for the very first time, good day to you. My name is host Paul Lawrence Van, and this amazing show's mantra is this, wealth is more than just money. And the reason why I say that is if a person is just believing that it's money makes the totality of their life or represents who they are, then they're going to miss out on a large part, an important part, an aspect of their life. So welcome to today's episode. And let me tell you what today's episode is going to be. I'm going to share some insight that I gained and some experience I gained during the 2008 uh, recession that took place here in the United States. It was really bad. And in many ways, uh, today's COVID-19 pandemic is reminiscent of what happened then. And the only difference being that it was not something that was fatal to people in regards to their health. But I'm going to talk about both of them, not so much to compare them as much as to just share what the similarities are and uh, go from there. So if you're ready, I'm ready to go again. My name is host Paul Lawrence Van. You can listen to all of the episodes on wealthacademypodcast.com. You can also do so on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many, many more of the distribution channels uh, for the um podcast, whatever yours happen to be. And uh, we definitely are on there. And if we're not, uh, you can always uh, join us at www.wealthacademypodcast.com. So let's get started. Uh, we know what we're experiencing today because it's very important to be in the present, to operate in the present and the moment not looking back at what happened yesterday and not looking forward to tomorrow, but operating in the now, today. But let's go back just a few years ago when this amazing uh, event that took place, and that event was the recession of 2008. In other words, the bottom fell out of the economy and people lost jobs, people uh, lost their business, people lost their homes, and people were showing up in court because they were sued by their lender for either the mortgage or the credit card debt that they had. And during this time, which was just so amazingly just a quicksand of life and a hurdle in life, that I took my expertise and my experience and I went on local television. In this case, I went to Channel 9 WUSA, which is a part of CBS in the Washington, D.C. areas. The station is actually in Washington, D.C. And I went on that show because they were looking for financial experts to come in and to discuss the impact on the stock market, on the housing market, on the credit card industry, and more. And the name of that show happened to be Mind Over Money. 
So I would come in and they would ask me a question. The host would ask me a question and the question would go like this. Paul, what can people do if it looks like the fact that they've lost their job, they no longer have income coming in, their regular income, what can they do to survive? And having done my research and spoken to many other professionals in that industry, the mortgage industry, what was happening in the banking industry, what was happening if a person, a, a father, mother, or both parents went to the bank and sit down to have a discussion with the lender? It may not have been a bank, it, it could have been a credit union, or it could have been a, another independent lender. But the fact that they opened communications with that lender of their mortgage, that gave them a leg up, so to speak. You can either write a letter, call, and calling is difficult because everyone else is doing the same thing. And then some meetings were being hosted, for example, in Washington, D.C. at the convention center. And for example, Bank of America and some other lenders would come and they would host a different sessions for people showing them how they could negotiate their contract to maybe extend the length of the mortgage and or what they could do is modify it. And uh, they gave people the opportunity to do that. And it worked well for some people and then for other people, it didn't work out so well. And then the same thing was held by the state of Maryland, for example, and they would host events where people can come in and talk about their credit card debt, because what was happening, people could not even make the minimum payment of what their credit card uh, debts were. And so again, the number one thing is to contact the credit card issuing company. And it works if you write a letter, if you follow up and set up a payment plan, that always works. But if you do nothing, and I mean, if you do absolutely nothing, you're going to be meeting a judge uh, in your county, uh, whatever district, wherever you happen to live. And so it's, it's best to have that communications line open and talking to those people who first gave you that credit card and or gave you that mortgage. And we're, we're not even talking about uh, talking to people about your your vehicle purchase and the loan with them and student loans and what about medical costs? So all of these things have a domino effect and there's a domino effect that was taking place in 2008. And guess what? The same thing is happening now with COVID-19. We know that a stimulus uh, went out earlier this year in the United States and people received a check for about $1,200. And if they had children, they would get $500 per child. And that is not enough to sustain people, unfortunately, because we're taxpayers. A second stimulus was needed. And the House of Representatives, as a member of Congress, as a body of a member of Congress, they put in a plan for the second stimulus in May of 2020, of 2020. And then when you go to the U.S. Senate, the Senate decided not to take up that particular legislation to bring a vote on it. And it just sit there from May, June, July, then August rolls around, still no communication. Then in September, the, the, the Senate, U.S. Senate decided they wanted to work on it. They felt that the dollar amount was just too high, about 3.2 trillion. 
and the White House also did not support it. So they came down to about 2.2 million. So uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, Treasury Secretary, he was negotiating with the Speaker of the House and uh, in addition to the Senate, and they still didn't come to term. Well, Congress went on recess last Friday. And when they went on recess, the negotiations are off the table. So primarily what's happening uh, industries such as the airline industry uh, needed a second bailout. And because it was not provided, because the Senate would not take it up, 50,000 people lost their jobs. And that's in addition to 837,000 people who just filed for uh, unemployment uh, just last week, last Thursday. So as you can see, there's a domino effect just like it took place in 2008, it's now taking place in 2020. And it forebodes for a, a uh, economy that is going to be in a bad disrepair for whoever the president happens to be uh, come 2021. Of course, with the election coming up on November the 3rd of, of this year. And so what I'm saying is this, because Congress and the White House could not come to an agreement on that second stimulus. Uh, things uh, such as the airline industry, hotel industry, the convention industry, um, education, all of the 13 appropriations are going to be impacted negatively as a result of inact inaction uh, by the leaders of, of this country. And so let's go back to 2008. So some people that lost their jobs never retained their jobs. Some businesses had to actually fold and, and declare bankruptcy, but never came back. And that happened, and primarily the reason why it happened is because there was not enough of a stimulus to move things forward. Of course, when the new administration came in on uh, President Obama, they put together a financial plan uh, that really help turn everything around. So banks were being bailed out, the airline was being bailed out, the auto industry was being bailed out. Uh, pretty much everyone was being bailed out except the American people. And so when we fast forward, looking at 2020, the exact same thing is happening. Um, here in 2017, there was a tax bill that was put on the floor of Congress that had to be approved by the White House and it was approved and it gave the top 1% of the United States big tax breaks. And what that means is not only for their business, but as individuals, there's less revenue that will be coming in to the government coffers, if you will. And whenever this happens, what it means is who's gonna make up the difference? Well, it's gonna be middle-class, and the poor people are gonna make up that difference and they don't earn enough, significant enough to make up the difference for the people at the top 1% are the wealthiest people in this country, the, the multimillionaires and the billionaires. And so when we look at what happened in 2017, uh, the thing that's happening now, the wealthy people got bailed out, everything is in their favor, but here's the problem. There are not enough revenue being generated because now people are losing their job. There is no revenue that's being generated from the working people. Some government employees will have it and some other industries would have it, but not all of the citizens who are in that uh, working uh, 
area of their life or that cycle of their life. And so there is a dilemma. Whoever becomes president in 2021, based on the 2020 presidential election and, and members of Congress and, and governors, et cetera, they are going to, their biggest issue and their top issue is gonna to have to be the economy. Because if they don't address it, the economy is going to uh, tank, if you will. And the uh, stock market is not the economy. So it doesn't matter how well people are doing on the stock market, it doesn't represent all of the citizens in a country we're right in about 330 million or so people. So uh, looking again back at 2008, what lessons can we take from that? Well, the lesson that we wanna take from that, if you're in that position, is to have six months or even more, eight months worth of savings in the bank. And also do the best you can to have enough money to pay for your housing as you kind of ride out these, these challenges that come up and they seem to be coming up more often. And also uh, get out of debt. That's another key to uh, being able to sustain and maintain yourself, especially if you have children. And, and so when we look at the lessons learned, ensure here in 2020 that you reach out to the lender for your home or for people that you rent an apartment or a house from. If you have a car payment, reach out to the lender for that, that car loan and do the best you can to work out a negotiation with them for payment plans. Credit cards, the same thing, work out a plan, but never ever allow yourself to uh, be put in a position uh, where you more of a a debtor than a lender. We need to reverse course in our thinking, become more of a lender than a borrower. And the way we do that is through a consistency in, in the work, working uh, income that comes in, ensure that you save a, a larger percentage of that as you can, and don't just live for today, but live for the future. Now, that may be easier said than done uh, for some people, but it's uh, a good plan and one to start out in the immediate time frame to even give consideration to. But do your best uh, to write up a, a monthly budget for yourself. Also, uh, pay off your debts as quick as possible and then start saving. And at some point, you'll be able to invest money in the stock market or in some in, uh, a, uh, IRA, a retirement account. 401k uh, account or uh, some insurance for yourself and your family. And, and all of these things are very important for you, not only in the, in the now immediately, but in the future. There's absolutely nothing we can do about the past. Now, again, 2008 was seemed to me to be one of the oddest years there was in my lifetime. Uh, and, and primarily because it me at the height of my employment, I'm working, I own a business. And so for me, I may not be hit as bad because I do have resources. You may have resources, but uh, we don't want to find ourselves caught in a position where we don't have a choice except to stand in the food line. And in 2008, 
there were millionaires and, and six-figure income earners who were standing in line for food and standing in line for vouchers. And uh, a lot of people ended up going and making a visit in front of the judge because they did not have enough money to, to make the payments on their credit cards, on their mortgage, et cetera. And so we wanna give ourselves the best chance that we can. And again, let me go down the list of things that you can consider. Uh, one of the top things is uh, having enough money to prioritize your health care, because health care is very important. And we have to look at that mental health aspect, the impact that it has on your, your spouse, on your children, on yourself. Uh, you have to have health care, uh, number one. Number two, your lodging. What type of roof do you have over your head? Is it affordable or are you living above your mean? It needs to be something that you can afford if things go wrong. And then you want to look at uh, what, what is your credit card debt, if you have any, but what, what type of bills or loans that you have out there, whether personal or business. And we need to, to get that under control. And then we need to look at what type of insurance that we have. Uh, do we have life insurance? Do we have accidental health insurance? Do we have long-term care? And so there are things to give consideration to. And this is basically just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I'm not saying anything uh, that you're not familiar with, but uh, it's some things to take into account. Have a monthly budget uh, laid out for yourself and, and talk to people about it. There's plesnty of free counseling that that's also exists. At least I know in the United States where you can call someone about credit counseling or you can find a financial coach. I'm a financial coach and, and I help get people uh, started in the right direction. Uh, you can uh, reach me by um, phone, a toll-free 800-341-6719, or you can get me by email at info at paulvanspeaks.com. That's I-N-F-O, the at symbol, P-A-U-L-V-A-N-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can get me there, and I'd love to uh, work with you. I can maybe get you on a Zoom session, and we can talk it out just a little bit and find ways in which I can help you and I'm a certified financial um, coach, so I can help you with that. Or I'm a mindfulness life coach. I can help you with that, dealing with the stress stressors and pressures of life uh, to help get you on the path that you need to uh, help improve your immune system, uh, your health and wellness, your personal relationships, your business relationships, uh, also in terms of your uh, mental health. Uh, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but at least I can talk you uh, through that and help get you some help. So those are the type of things that are taking place, the difference between 2008 and the recession, the Great Recession, and the COVID-19 uh, pandemic in 2020. Uh, that's a difference of uh, 12 years, but it seems like one happened just yesterday and another happened today. And so we have to always position ourselves uh, to plan for those uh, uncertain moments, those things that occur that we just did not have on our plan and move forward. Uh, this is going to uh, bring an end to this particular episode of Wealth Academy podcast. And remember our mantra, 
wealth is more than just money. So today I just provided you with just a sampling of some of the financial considerations, the comparison between the 2008 recession in the United States and also the 2020 pandemic, the COVID-19. And uh, it's something we should all consider because in all likelihood, it won't be the last recession. It won't be the last pandemic. Something else will happen and we just wanna be ready and prepared uh, when that time comes. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Mann, host of Wealth Academy Podcast. My time is up and I thank you for yours and I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. And remember, wealth is more than just money. This is Paul Lawrence Fan saying, have a great day. Thank you for listening. You will find the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes.